welcome back to Wahlberg. We are your host. I'm Tiffany. I'm Jen. And I'm Liz. And we are Wicked Awesome Bitches Reading Books. This is part two of our third book series, The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. And today we'll be talking about the first half of the book. Disclaimer, the views in this podcast are our own. We recognize that everyone has different tastes in books. And if we dislike a book that you've loved, it's merely our opinion. It's our opinion that reading a physical book and listening to an audiobook are equally as good and valid ways to enjoy the story. And sometimes one or more of us may enjoy the book in audio version. Trigger warning, this book does contain cancer, death, grief, alcoholism, including underage drinking. So let's get into it. So guys, what are your thoughts so far? I've watched the movie and it is, this book is almost identical to the movie except there was a part in it that was not in the movie and um which made me excited to keep reading because I was like I kind of getting bored with it because I was like I already know all this stuff then I got that part and I was like oh this is different maybe if I keep reading something will be much different in the ending because I already know how it ends so Jen have you read this book before or seen the movie nope this is a new experience for me I have not either. I've always wanted to watch the movie, but I've always been uh, hesitant to watch the movie because of our trigger warnings. <laughs> um, so far, I'm doing, so far, I really like the book. I did cry a little bit in chapter seven when she got sick and had to go to the ICU. I did cry a little bit and that kind of brought back a flood of memories. So I stopped reading for a little bit after that, but then i just, I really liked the book. He has a way of capturing real life and making stories like this. Like he's just, he's very good at that. Yeah. Yeah. John Green's an excellent writer. He really is. So the book starts, we find out you know, we meet Hazel Green and she's going to a support group. Hazel Grace. Hazel sorry. Grace. <laughs> we meet Hazel Grace and she's, her mom is like forcing her to go to the support group for adolescents with cancer, basically. And she doesn't want to go, but it ends up being a really good thing she goes because she makes some friends. So she meets Isaac who has like some cancer that's making him go blind. Mm-hmm. And then Isaac brings his friend Augustus, I love who is that in name. remission. He had cancer. He lost a leg to cancer, um, but he's currently in remission is, and is just at the support group as a friend to Isaac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hazel is, she's got a type of cancer that really impacts, like, her breathing. So she's on, like, oxygen. She carries oxygen tanks with her. Um, yeah. And she mentions in the book, like, if you look at her, you know, she's sick. Um, yeah. she just has to have that all the time. Yep. She's always carrying it. She says her, her face is puffy and her skin is pale and she just is sick. Yeah. Yep. Um, <clears throat> she talks about how, and one thing that I thought was, was, was crazy and I really like the way she talks about it is like how everything is a side effect you know um difficulty uh, yeah a side effect of living exactly it's not you know dying is a side effect of living it's not necessarily a side effect of cancer um but it's just a side effect of living Mm -hmm. and then she said in another part I can't remember if it was her that said it or Isaac that said it but when they said it it just like pierced my heart like pain is meant to be felt Mm -hmm. 
that was a strong line Mm -hmm. i i thought that that quote came from one of those embroidered pillows that was around augustus's house Uh, (laughs) i knowing i don't think so (laughs) knowing the little bit that we have been like exposed to to gus's parents i don't know if his mom would have a pillow that talks about pain in the house but I mean, the quote is just like, it's a meaningful one. It makes you think and it makes makes you kind of realize like life is not exempt from pain. Everyone feels it at some point. And, um, you know, it's it's also like there's another quote that ma- it made me think of. It's something along the lines of like, you don't know jo- what joy or happiness feels like unless you know what the opposite feels like, which is like pain and sadness. So, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Just kind of talking about real things that people experience. And like, this is another young adult book. So we're similar to the last book we read where, you know, it was teenagers. This is again, teenagers. So coming from a teenage perspective, I'm I'm thinking about, you know, just the way that they interact with each other is similar to how we would have interacted with other teenagers, like staying yeah. up really late on the phone and just kind of wanting to spend every minute with each other and yeah Mm -hmm. and like when she went over to he invited her over so from support group he said she was was it natalie portman Mm -hmm. she was natalie portman's doppelganger and you have to come over you have to see this movie you've never seen this movie come over and watch this movie so you can see your doppelganger Mm -hmm. and brings her over and that's where you know he introduces her to her parents and he says, this is Hazel Grace. And she goes, no, just Hazel. <laughs> um, and I think it's funny because now Augustus's dad calls her just Hazel. But, <laughs> um, you know, he really wanted to watch the movie with her in the basement. And his parents were like, I don't think so, mister. You're watching the movie on the couch in the living room. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that was that that kind of like flashed me back to teenage years. <laughs> mm-hmm yeah putting up those boundaries yeah no way are you taking a girl down to the basement by yourself I don't Mm -hmm. care if she's on oxygen Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah so they watch that movie they hang out he's really he's a really good guy and I don't know part of me and like reading this and I shouldn't say reading it I am doing the audiobook but part of me and listening to the audiobook is like men like him don't exist boys like him don't exist but then I'm also thinking he's been through a lot of life traumas that change a person so maybe he does yeah so maybe they do exist exactly you know he's fought cancer he's lost a leg he's he's very thoughtful especially for Hazel well, he also, if you fast forward a little into the book, she finds out that he had a girlfriend that also had cancer. She And she passed away, right? And she passed yeah. away. So that probably also helps him be more courteous and thoughtful to Hazel because he's yeah. already experienced that with his girlfriend. Yeah, right. So one thing I really liked about Gus and like the relationship with Hazel was you know she really likes she talks about really likes read how she really likes to read and there's this one like obscure book that's her favorite and she's like I don't know if I want to tell Gus 
about this book because it's like you know it just feels like personal like it's just hers but she ends up telling him and letting him like I think she gives her his, his gives him her copy or something like that he gets a copy and he reads it this like 600 page book in like a day yeah they swap favorite books mm-hmm. I thought that was really cute and oh, then he did she, he read it and then and he had the same reaction she did to the end mm-hmm. yep like yeah. please Hazel tell me there's more to this book tell me it doesn't end like this mm-hmm. and this is how we get on to I think the most epic adventure I cannot wait to finish reading and find mm-hmm. out what happens where so in I, this book in this book there um that she has him read it's about you know a girl living her life da da da, da and then the book just ends presumably because the girl died and that's always resonated with hazel obviously because you know her life's going to end at some point um but she she wants to know like what happened to the mom what happened to what happened to the other characters in the book and she's been writing the author letters for years with mm-hmm. no response wasn't one of the characters like a the dutch tulip man or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> so as i was saying hazel has been writing to Van Houten for years trying to get answers you know don't leave me hanging I have to know what happened and all of her letters have gone unanswered Gus sends one email and gets a reply (laughs) yep (laughs) which I thought was amazing like technology right Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Gus sent the one email and got a reply so then Hazel sent an email And this guy invites her to Amsterdam. He says, like, I can't write it. I can't tell you because then what if you go and publish that? I can't tell you on the phone because what if you record this? The only way I can tell you is if you come to Amsterdam yourself, I will invite you and, you know, I invite you to Amsterdam so I can share the story with you. Which was like super cool. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Yeah. I like how she was like, I'll even read your grocery list. And he's like, and and in his reply, he's like, after I tell you the story, I'll even let you read my grocery list. (laughs) (laughs) So then immediately, Gus is like, well, we have to go to Amsterdam. And they start talking. And he's like, did you make your wish yet? Um, Did you get your wish? And uh, she goes, yeah, I did. I used my wish to go to Disney which Gus was so upset about why would you do such a thing but she was young I think she said she was like six at the time yeah that her Mm -hmm. wish was granted so her and her family went to Disney and he goes oh that's so cliche I can't believe you would do that and he says well I still have my wish and we're going to Amsterdam (laughs) and then there was a big like back and forth with Hazel whether or not she was like in good enough like in good enough physical health to go like mom was concerned about some like dad going but dad doesn't know as much about like her condition and then the doctors were kind of like hesitant and then it was around that time that she got really sick right Mm -hmm. and ended up in the in the hospital was around the time that they were starting to talk about planning this trip yeah and she was out for a while and I thought it was so sweet when she woke up 
And obviously her parents were there because she was in the ICU. And the nurse said, don't, basically, what'd she say? Like, do you want to, do you have any questions about your boyfriend or something like that? I'm surprised you haven't asked about your boyfriend. And Hazel says, I don't have a boyfriend. The nurse says, there's been a boy sitting in the waiting room since you've been here. And it was Gus. Even though he was an immediate family and couldn't go in to see her, he was still there for her. Oh God, I just got chills. That's really sweet. (laughs) So then Hazel goes home, finally gets discharged, obviously weak from being in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And Gus comes to see her at home. So they're sitting at home and talking about Amsterdam. And, you know, Hazel says Amsterdam is off. I can't go. I'm too sick. He sits with her up in her room, obviously, because she can't really go anywhere. And he says to her, while you were asleep, Mr. Peter Van Houten shared more of his brilliant brain with us. And there's another letter from Peter. He says, your Hazel is alive and you mustn't impose your will upon others' decision, particularly a decision arrived at thoughtfully. She wishes to spare you pain and you should let her. You may not find young Hazel's logic persuasive, but I have trod through the veil of tears longer than you and from where I'm sitting she's not the lunatic and he's referring to the fact that Hazel has told Gus we I can't I can't do this basically she's friend zoned him in fear of hurting him Mm -hmm. Uh, which makes sense because she is going to die at some point and why should she put somebody through the pain of falling in love with her. She's already worried about what she's doing to her parents. She doesn't want to add anybody else to that. Mm-hmm. And Gus kind of writes to Peter and, and says this, and that's where that that's where that response comes from. And Hazel asks, even though she's still sick, she asks her mom, um, can we please call Dr. Maria and ask if international travel would kill me? And then this is where like, the team, the big team meeting with all the doctors and everything, they all get together, they all meet. Dr. Maria is a little more on the, it's your life, you can go, you mm-hmm. know. Right. Especially knowing her life isn't a long life, she should live while she's here. Right. But there's another doctor that says, no, that's, it's just not feasible. You're not healthy enough to go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so the, the, the basic decision at the end of that meeting is she's not going miraculously something changed somewhere because I mean they go right so then she gets like a a correspondence from the assistant I think that says I've received word via the genies that you'll be visiting us with Augustus Waters and your mother beginning the 4th of May only a week away Peter and I are delighted and cannot wait to make your acquaintance and then she's like yelling for her mom and was like someone didn't tell these people that I can't go and then mom was like well actually (laughs) and we are um so it was like this surprise Dr. Maria called us last night made a convincing case that you need to live your life is what she probably would have said but then got interrupted by Hazel saying my mom I love you so much which I agree with like life is short do yeah. what you can while you can. Even mm-hmm. shorter when you have cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So she texts Gus and they're like, 
All right, we're we're going to Amsterdam. Yay! So then there was that. So they're you know they they get all packed, get all ready. There was that situation where they went to pick up Gus to go to the airport, and there was like yelling going on inside the house. Like he was yelling at his parents or something, or they were yelling at each other. And I almost thought that like he wasn't gonna be able to go. But then he like came out with his bags and stuff and got in the car and was like, okay, here we go. But there was like that little situation. And I was like, what's going on there? Yeah, she heard tears. She heard crying. She couldn't figure out. She didn't think it was Augustus. And then she heard him say, it's my life, mom. Mm-hmm. And the, her mom turned her around and they sat in the car and she texted him. And then she was getting worried because it was taking a while. And then he responds with, I just don't know what to wear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we you know he gets in the car they go to the airport and then they work through you know the the trials and tribulations of getting to your gate and she mm. talked about how she had to take off her oxygen so she could go through the metal detector and how freeing that felt and she explained it in a way that she was like when she was little she would have a bag full of books on her back and then as soon as she took it off she felt like she was floating and she kind of made that comparison and then she was very winded after I think she said like not even a minute and she had to sit down and she was in so much pain and she was concentrating so hard that her mom had said something and she didn't hear it and then she kind of caught on and she said oh nothing's wrong I'm fine and then Augustus just disappears he says he's hungry and he runs off and then he's gone what seems like eternity and she's getting worried she thinks something horrible had happened to him and then he comes running in as soon as it's time to board and they get on the plane and he does explain to her eventually that he just hates people staring at him. And she made it like, oh, you don't want to be seen with a sick girl. And he said, no, it just makes me very angry. Yeah. Yeah. And he went and got a burger and then ate his burger on the plane. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts about this part is when they're talking about breakfast mm. and- why did eggs get pigeonholed into being a breakfast food? Hazel wants to eat eggs at any time of the day without it having to be breakfast. And I remember at one point, I think it was Hazel's dad says to her, well, when you get back from Amsterdam, we'll, we'll have breakfast for dinner. And Hazel goes, no, that's exactly the point. I want to eat eggs with dinner without them being breakfast. <laughs> I appreciated that argument because... I love a good breakfast. I think you should be able to have whatever food whenever you want. And it's just. Right. Yeah. I, I like what eggs? I had to say about that though, where he was just like, that's their spot. That's not necessarily what you have to do with them, but you know, that's what they're known for. That's their, their given safety area. Cause cheese can be on anything, but eggs, eggs are stable and that's their, their part in life. That's the role that they play. <laughs> I liked that. Yeah. I think that brings us up to the end of chapter 10. Well, there's one thing. Almost. So so they are decide to watch movies. They have TVs behind each of their seats. Um, And so they're like, we'll watch the same movie. We'll hit play at the same time. So we're both watching it. And of course, it doesn't work out because his is ahead by a couple of seconds. Um, she eventually, mom tries to give them like, she said a sleeping pill. 
I would assume it's like melatonin or something. I'm not sure if she'd be doling out sleeping pills to random kids, but um <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they end up staying up. Um and then at the end of chapter 10, and and I texted or I like messaged you guys and was like, now I don't want to stop reading. But yeah. the end of chapter 10, he says, I'm in love with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she just kind of doesn't just says Augustus a couple of times. And that's right. it. Yeah. I can't wait to read because she was very, very adamant in the, I, I don't want to fall in love. I don't want you to fall in love with me. I don't want to fall in love with you. I don't want to cause more hurt than need be. Mm-hmm. One, one thing we kind of skipped over was part of her reasoning for that not only is she thought she was going to be a bomb and she would explode and then everyone around her because her death would cause all this harm is when she was with her friend Isaac and he had his girlfriend I can't remember her name but they their thing was always like they were that was their thing like always they will always love each other always be there always Mm -hmm. and then she breaks up with him because she can't be with somebody who's going to be blind um and experience that and Gus and Hazel kind of have a discussion back and forth where Hazel thinks like yeah that's shitty timing but that was good for her because you know that's what happens people you know they die and then that's you know he's got this and it's a hard work and then Gus is like no it should always be this way and um their thing is okay Hazel and Gus's thing is okay okay and I thought that was really cute yeah so. Also, kind of going back to that scene of where Isaac's girlfriend breaks up with him and he's like in the basement of Gus's house, just wailing, like wailing, crying, will not like respond to anyone. Gus like calls Hazel over. Gus's parents are like, they probably need you in the basement if you can't tell. <laughs> he's just like wailing. It was just Gus's dad that said that because Gus's mom left. Mm-hmm. Remember, she couldn't <laughs> yeah. stand the screams and it. she left. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also like how Gus was like, here, smash this because you need to smash something when you're this upset and gave him his trophies. And he's like, maybe my yeah. dad will catch on now. But <laughs> Yeah, because before he lost his leg, he was a big basketball, like teen star, you know, in his school. He was, a, he had a ton of trophies. A lot of them... He said where can he called them cancer perks. Mm-hmm. Um where um I'm sure he got like some some NFL memorabilia or whatever. But just let Gus not Gus, sorry, let Isaac go to town smashing mm-hmm. his trophies. Yeah. That's a good friend right there. That's a friend that says, Hey, I see you're hurting. Crying isn't going to help. You need to do something else here. Break things. And then they're also like playing video games the whole time too. And while Isaac is wailing, he's still like following instruction on the video game. Yep. Yep. And then hey. back to like when my, my first teenage heartbreak, you know, like, oh, everything seems so big in the the scheme of things. And even though it was big then, you'd think about it now as an adult and you're like, eh, that guy was a loser. So- Why did I cry over him like that? It actually reminded me of this time, Jen, you were with me because you gave me a ride 
where a guy and I had broken up and I had a ton of his things at my house and I destroyed all of those things. I had some of his t-shirts and I like cut a hole in the heart. Like I cut like the heart out of his t-shirt, you know, and put it back in the box. And Jen, I you're looking at me weird, but you gave me a ride to drop this box off to him at work. I I don't doubt that that happened. My memory of our teenage years is real blurry. <laughs> but it did just his it name did his name start with a C. It did. Okay, yep. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, that's really Cute. funny. So that brings us to the end of chapter ten, which is where we left off. Um, Gus is sharing his love for Hazel, and she's just kind mm-hmm. of. Not sure what to do with that. Um, So we are going to be reading the remainder of the book. And then we'll come back and talk about the entire book. Do we want to watch the movie also before we meet again? Or do we want to wait on that? I think that should be a separate thing that we do. Okay. We'll wait on that. Yeah, let's wait on that. Because there's a couple movies. So far, so far, all the books we've read are being turned into movies. So maybe we can do like a follow-up. That'll be a separate yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Well, if you have anything that you want to share with us, please email us, wobberpod at gmail.com or find us on social media. We are on TikTok and Instagram, wobberpod. Um, and join us next time as we talk about The Rest of the Fault in Our Stars by John Green. <laughs>